Hello, and welcome to The Awardist from Entertainment Weekly. We're taking you inside this year's best contenders for the industry's biggest awards. And this week, we have our Golden Globes recap and reactions and what it all means for the Oscars. I'm your host, Shana Naomi Crockball. I'm the digital director at EW, and I'm joined this week by my excellent colleagues, Bill Keith, who's deputy editor at the magazine, Pia Sina Roy, who's an EW senior writer and writes about The Awardist, writes the awardist column every week. Uh, and Kristen Baldwin, our TV critic, who has been joining us to talk about the Golden Globes, the one um, weird, awesome, fun ceremony that combines television and movies all into one big shindig. Uh, this is part of our comprehensive awards coverage, which you can read in the magazine and online at EW.com. Uh, we're going to talk all things Golden Globes, what it means for the Oscars, and then we're gonna, we'll have a few bold takes, our predictions. Um, and, and that is what we've got this week. Finally, after all of this talk about what was going to happen at various big award shows, we finally got to one of the big award shows. <laughs> um, should we do a quick round of, um, Pia, let's start with you, of just your sort of like biggest take of the night. I'm still a little bit blown away by the Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book wins. Um, there were some really, really big films there last night. And to be honest, I think Bohemian Rhapsody winning over A Star Is Born, there was a real like sh like shock in the room. It was kind of like, what just happened? Yeah. And then because Rami Malek had just been up on stage and he had just done such a great job uh, on his acceptance speech, so people kind of quickly, you know, got into it and started cheering, but it was also really strange. A like, weird moment there. Everyone expected that to be A Star Is Born. So that is probably the moment that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuck with me. And we're going to come back to that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to dig into that a little bit more. Uh, Bill, what was your what was your moment? I mean, like my favorite moment? Sure. Um, it's hard, but um, it's somewhere between like, I thought Glenn Close's speech was incredible. Oh, she was wonderful. Um, and a long time coming, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, she's won Globes before, but I think, um, yeah, just hearing what she had to say about her mother was, I mean, there are always like moving speeches at these things, but that was, that like that genuinely, I think, sent mm -hmm. a, a real shot through the whole room. It was incredible. Um, but then I also loved uh, Olivia Coleman, And <laughs> I mean, that is definitely a Globes first to thank your bitches, I think. <laughs> I hope, so. I mean, if it's not, then we need to go back and find all of them. I think it is. Like, that was great. Amazing. And I couldn't be more excited for The Crown now. Yeah, it did make <laughs> like, me really excited for that. I mean, how excited is Netflix that Olivia Coleman is having this huge moment right before they start? Yeah, yeah, crown. definitely. So I think Olivia Coleman's going to be on a victory lap for like five years. Netflix <laughs> did well last night. I mean, they on did. both the film side and the TV yeah. side, they ended up with five wins. And that definitely put them in first place for that. But can someone please tell me what the Kaminsky method is? Because I still don't know. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, it sounds like a great opportunity for Kristen, you to tell us about us what was your big moment uh, and what is the Kaminsky method? <laughs> Well, yes, the, uh, you know, the Globes love a first time show and they sh sure as hell love a first time show starring old Hollywood. And yeah. uh, this is kind of both things. The Kaminsky Method is a comedy from Chuck Lorre, the guy behind Big Bang Theory uh, and uh, Two and a Half Men and things like that. And it's about a an aging actor and his friends. <laughs> and it's Michael Douglas, Alan Arkin. So this is like really, you know, in the wheelhouse of what uh, the uh, HFPA really likes. And 
so, you know, that was definitely a big takeaway, as we had talked about before, and as my colleague Darren Franich and I had uh, tentatively predicted, you know, that this was always going to be a wild card because, you know, even though something like Homecoming, which was a great show and starred Julia Roberts, you know, that might win or, uh, you know, other there are sorry, that was not related. Um, but what I'm trying to say is uh, that, you know, Kaminsky method was always going to be a wild card because it is something that, you know, really appeals to the core of the HFP, HP, ugh, HFPA's uh you know, what they love. And so that is something that a lot of people are going to be discovering for the first time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was it just only... so HFPA of them, though. I would like, say it's I can't really believe was. that they actually leaned in so hard to themselves. Yeah, I mean, oh, they, they I, by I, far I totally the leading contender, at least here in the office, was The Good Place. And there was, yeah. I think, like, maybe yeah. those were misguided hopes, but I think we really thought, like, oh, this sure. could be The Good Place's year and that it was just not. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we were thinking also Barry, you know, mm -hmm. is it? another great uh, really? comedy but that had a lot of momentum from the Emmys but I do think that the Kaminsky method only shows up on your Netflix Netflix uh, queue or your feed if you're over 60 like for example my in-laws were talking to me about it over the holiday they were like oh we just found out about this show and we really like it so I think I mean now if you, people if you will think it didn't pop up in my feed because I am over 60. <laughs> your Netflix feed is it over was, 60. It, uh, it was under that heading Bill who likes women over 60 and things might also like the Kaminsky method. but I actually watched well, an episode and I realized in fact that I don't like watching old men I only like watching old ladies. Fair enough. Oh, well you need to that's crunch fair. that a little bit more for you. I don't find it that, I mean, there's so much talk of things I'm not looking forward to on the Kaminsky method. <laughs> yeah. As an aging I do that. think that's actually a good point, though, with the HFPA overall, that the, the voters here, they, they kind of, they do skew older yeah. um, for the most part, and there are only about 90 or so voters. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this isn't like the Academy where you have like 9,000 members who no. are voting for the Oscars. You've got 90 people. Who all know each other. So it is a bit of an echo other. chamber sometimes. Yeah, And, and so it, all it took was yeah. like two of them watching the Kaminsky method one time. Telling everyone else. And then they were oh like, my God, have you seen this, this is fantastic. And getting some good FaceTime in with Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. Yeah. Zeta like cheetah, like she likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, you've talked about how, you know, for television, the Golden Globes fall sort of like mid-year in terms of like where we are often thinking about them competitively, both because it's a little in the middle of like the television season, the traditional television season, and because when we're talking about the Emmys, we're looking at them in the fall. But you've said in the past that this can be a good way for people to kind of get, for shows to get that boost of being heard of, for example, like the totally. yeah. method, or a very English scandal or anything else. Was there anything else in here that popped up? As winners, I think everyone has heard of Versace, so I don't think that that was more like a we're still in this competitive cycle. Okay, like now we're. I was we're... super psyched for the right. English scandal because yeah. that, that yeah. was such a great series and so unexpected. It's not what you think it is. Yeah, like, I and so I, I don't think a lot of people of watched actors, it, and I, and I think now they like will. I love it. Very strange sequel to Paddington too. Yes, a very strange <laughs> sequel to Paddington too. <laughs> Okay. I do think that a very English scandal is probably the one that's going to benefit the most, along with the Kaminsky method. Um, and I do think Versace, while everybody had heard of it, I don't know how many people really watched it. So I hope that this sort of late year awards uh, run for it will will get people to tune in because it is so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's even Rachel Brosnahan, when she won for Mrs. Maisel, she pointed out that like the Hollywood Foreign Press win was the first thing that pointed to 
mm-hmm. to their show even existing. You Definitely. know, like she said, you help people realize that we exist. So I think, you know, the yay, we exist award definitely goes to Kaminsky Method and Very English Scandal totally. this year. Totally. What about yeah. Killing Eve? The yay, Eve? we exist award. They should just start calling. <laughs> yeah. do, we, do we think that Killing Eve is going to, I mean, they're in kind of a good time for it because they're setting up for their second season. Mm-hmm. So if you'd never heard of it before... Um, oh, maybe, for sure. Sandra winning and and shouting it out and the timing totally. of that that might come together. No, I think yeah, and very it's actually going to be Sandra. and it's going to be available on Hulu. So if you haven't watched it, you'll be able to you know binge it there. I just watched and all I definitely of the first think that's on Hulu over the break. It was great. So it good. Is one of the best shows so I've seen actually. Killing Eve. Killing yeah. Eve, and also just. I think we need more love for Jodie Comer here. Totally. Yes. Um, yes. Oh. Now I understand. With... Kristen said that she was so mad when we talked about the nominations, yeah. and I was like, yeah, yeah, I understand, but I didn't understand, and now that I've seen it, no, I'm, I mean, that's a two-hander, incredible. but I've never seen a performance like Jodie Comer's on TV, <laughs> or in movies even. We don't see characters like her, and no. it was just such a fantastic dynamic. I know. Every time yeah. I, actually, every time I've tried to take a selfie since I saw that show, I realize what I'm really trying to do is make a Jody, like make a face like her. I'm like, can I make a Villanelle face? No, I can't, but I'm just going to keep trying. It is. There's something that's kind of why I love the Golden Globes because it's not like, I don't know, like things are getting celebrated that don't get celebrated at other award shows. Mm -hmm. And it's people, you get to see people all in the same room who aren't normally in the same room together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as much as people like to sort of make fun of them for like rewarding buzzy or not buzzy things, but like starry things, it does make for a good night of TV. Did you have a favorite like broadcast moment or some like a collision of people that you were excited by? Um, well, I loved. We were just talking about this. I loved seeing Alice and Janney and Sam Rockwell together on stage. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> they, they were great. I was saying they. So when when it cut away to show the clips of the nominees, and I was watching them on stage, and they shared the most flirtatious hug I've ever seen, and it all so happened adorable. in this like split few seconds. And then the moment, like you know, the camera is back on them. They're perfectly. <laughs> it's like they hadn't moved. But I kind of loved those watching those little moments, and that was actually yeah. I love. I mean, I love the two of them. It was really fun to see them. Yeah, totally. Kristen, so cool. did you have any other sort of favorite moments from the show itself? What? Let, or we, we we didn't really talk about the host, the yeah. monologue. Yeah. How did we feel about that? You know, I love Sandra O, oh, and I'm actually a, a big Andy Samberg fan just from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I actually like his style of comedy. I know it isn't always uh, uh, everyone's cup of tea. I don't think their pairing really worked simply because he's got a very sort of awkward and, uh, uh, you know, fake braggadocio thing going. And she was very, uh, it doesn't really lend itself to having a comedy partner, especially somebody who's not a comedian. She's a very funny performer. Mm -hmm. She's a very funny actress, but she's not a comedian. And so the sort of straight comedy bits that she tried I felt like we're pretty uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but, you know, I love her, and I I thought they're, they're, it was nice that their uh, their monologue was essentially a bunch of nice statements about people. I thought that was yeah. sweet. Yeah. yeah. And, there was and one I moment did love... that didn't work, though, which I know in the room it landed really flat, and I don't know if it was the same in telecast, which is when Sandra Oh was talking about kind of the representation bit in her monologue. Yeah. I was talking to our, no our colleague Patrick Gomez about this this morning. I, on TV, that played really well. I okay. thought it was like it felt very emotional. It felt really sincere mm-hmm. because it was really almost to camera, right. like the way that she delivered it. And he was saying that in the room, it was like, wait, where's the punchline? Like, we were well, waiting. There were people that were well, and, 
Because uh, that's uh, you could like, hear people laughing. laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we yeah. were waiting for like the because they were they were kind of mocking everything right before it. Right. And then all of a sudden to give something quite sincere it didn't feel. And she suddenly made her voice a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more emotional. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I thought she was leading up to a zing at the end. Yeah. And then it just didn't come, yeah. and everybody's like, "Uh, what just happened there?" No, <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It was a little uncomfortable, but you know, overall, I thought they did, you know, a nice job. It was just, uh, you know, it was it was never going to be if you're from when you look at the pairings that we've had before us, you know, essentially Tina and Amy, like you're never going to beat them. So no. I, I do think that they probably should have just gone with one host. But mm -hmm. either way, you know, I'm very happy for Cinder Oh. And I thought I think my favorite moment was when she won and then she bowed to her parents. Yeah. I totally was that tearing was up when that happened. I thought that, that was, was amazing. so sweet. I love her parents. Her they parents were, so... were great. Oh, she was I love great. her parents. I, I think that I think like with the hosting thing, though, when they are going to do a duo, they need to get a duo that already has that dynamic yeah. rather than forcing yes. it to people. And I think, you know, something Maybe Sam Rockwell yes. and Allison Janney. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I know. Me, not, I they were great. Like, this is a great moment for Abby and Alana from Broad yeah. City. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen them. I think they already have this great camaraderie. But you need a duo, which is yeah. why Tina and Amy work so well. Um, I think with the Golden Globes, I think the hosts kind of do carry the show through a little bit more. I feel like there was yeah. almost the like Oscars. kind of, there wasn't that much for them to do. Like no. they were like kind of mid present, they were like presenting to presenters. Like it was after they got out of yeah. the first part of it, there wasn't a ton for them and that was okay, but it made me wonder in this bigger kind of picture way, mm. especially as you know, everyone either is Kevin Hart or doesn't want to host the Oscars. And you know, I expect we'll hear some sort of news about this this week. But what, like, does it, I can see why from an actor's perspective, you don't want to host one of these shows now. I feel like yeah. it's you're putting yourself in a really hard position. But no, it's not and, a good gig. So I, that's my kind of big no. question is like, who who have we ended this era of hosts for award shows? Like who are people who we can still see being really compelling, um, like funny, edgy, but somehow yeah. not so controversial as to put themselves in a position where no one wants them to be there. I, I feel like collectively award shows have painted themselves into a really tight corner. Well, I think if you're a producer right now, you're thinking to yourself, like maybe not this year, but next year, how are we doing this? With, like what, what does an award show look like now that is hostless? Yeah. And like, let's try to come up with a really creative way to do that. Like, do an opening number. Or just like, who knows? But I think but as producers, have... they all have to be thinking like, okay, this is it's a wrap on this. Yeah. But what do we do? How do we do this better? And I just always want to bring back the Debbie Allen uh, interpretive dance numbers <laughs> for all the best picture things. Sure. <laughs> That's one way to do it. It's a controversial dance. Interpretive dance. dance. Like, I thought those were amazing. I know some people I'll think they were not. I'll support you in that. Thank it was you. entertaining to watch. I mean, I, think, I do think there's a dance general, routine about dances with wolves. Yeah. Like, that was, people like a big musical number. So maybe yeah. it's just like big opening musical number and then presenters. And that is what the Golden Globes is missing, isn't it? The musical numbers are yeah. not there. The performances. Which is kind of surprising because there, so, there were so many great nominees on the totally. night. Lady Gargoyle's front and center. Uh, Taylor Swift is there, and there's no music. It's um, weird. It's a big show, though, so I understand why they can't fit everything in. But um, I think entertainment value, which is why, by the way, even in the room, like after the first hour and a half of the show, everyone started getting really restless and moving away totally. and going to the, the bar at the back was where all the action was at. So it, it got real loud by the end. No one was paying attention in the room. Right. So if no one's paying attention in the room, 
then who's paying attention at home? And the ratings. Yeah, you could really hear the crowd. Yeah, like, you the crowd could start was to hear the noise. They were getting. Oh, and it was it was like, that. man, is anyone listening? Yeah. Yeah. If Emma Stone listen. had tried to shout something at the end of the ceremony, no one would have heard. Yeah, her. definitely not. <laughs> she had to get that in real early. If she. T- <laughs> um, and the ratings were kind of mixed. Like the headline is, you know, they're like down. There are some big asterisks to that in that it's a smaller audience, but it was actually up among adults 18 to 49 the demo that many people are concerned about from a strictly broadcast perspective. But I think, look, it's a challenge. Like none of the award shows are having great growth in this area. Um, And I think for all of us who track it and are both interested in the awards part of it, but also the show part of it, it's just a challenge to find, like people are still watching it. It's still drawing an okay number, but you know, it doesn't seem like any, it's been a while, I feel like, since we saw an award show that everyone walked away from. It was like, that was amazing. That was such a great show. What a good time. Yeah. I no, can't I know. think of the last time that even happened, <laughs> to be honest. Tina no, I know. Yeah. What's that? Tina and Amy. Tina and Amy, maybe. They were fun. But I, like, I mean, a couple definitely... times the... I was going to say a couple times the Tony Awards have actually been really yeah, incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, the, you know, that's as to uh, Pia's point, there was a lot of music in those, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of big splashy numbers. So totally. uh, there might be something to that. But I do I do think the numbers, I mean, it was 18.6 million. And even the fact that it went up in any demographic is pretty impressive. And I'm sure NBC is happy about that. I do wonder um if, uh, you know, the fact that there were some big ticket nominees like Black Panther, you know, uh, mm-hmm. helped in that yeah. you know, people had heard of a lot of the, the movies or, you know, at least some of the movies, whereas oftentimes with the Oscars, uh, you know, the average viewer hasn't really heard of the movies. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what the, that's what I'm when I was talking about sort of getting these people in the room that aren't aren't at the other awards. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, last year's Oscars. Like, I remember my parents, my mom was like, so which of the best picture films should I see that I haven't seen yet? And I was just sort of like, have you seen Dunkirk? And she said, yes. And I said, then you're good. <laughs> like, my mom is not like, she didn't like need to see Shape of Water. Like, that's yeah. not her yeah. jam. And, uh, and three billboards. Like, so, and this year is going to be not dissimilar to that. You know, it's like. Well, this year we've got five, the, at the Golden Globes, we saw five out of the ten uh, nominees in the best picture categories. Uh, five out of those ten have made over two hundred million at the box office. Right. Black Panther is the biggest movie in America from twenty eighteen. So these movies, uh, for once, actually, we have half of the nominees are things that people would have uh, seen, have right. access to, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of great. Finally, that yep. we're getting to a point where mm-hmm. the popular films that the Oscars so desperately tried to yeah. find a category for are actually being included in the conversation. Yeah, because it's so rare that like uh, that the best picture is also the best performing movie at the box office. Yeah. Like Rocky did it, and um, I don't know. It's just that mm-hmm. those two rarely correlate. Rarely converge, yeah. So. Um, before we jump fully into all the rest of our film questions, Kristen, any other, I feel like this is also the end of the road for some of the TV shows that now are done. I'm thrilled that the Americans won a big prize. I feel like that last season (laughs) absolutely deserved to be recognized. It was such, um, an amazing piece of work at the end of a nice long body of work. Um, but anyone else who you feel like this is it, the door has kind of closed, like you wish they had won something, but now we're, they're either off the air or their time has probably gone. Well, you know, I, uh, I was happy, uh, to see all the nominations for Barry, but obviously I think it's awards momentum has probably, 
petered out for this year. It'll have another season, so maybe that will happen. And, you know, uh, with the SAG Awards coming up, I think we should probably uh, pay more attention to the Kaminsky method because it too is uh, (laughs) nominated. So uh, I think think that is, uh, you know, and Mrs. Maisel, I had really sort of counted that out as a contender this year in terms of actually winning the award, but Rachel Brosnahan won. So, yeah. you know, I guess the there are even with the with the uh, sort of second season malaise with Mrs. Maisel, you know, obviously the acting community is still uh, still pretty impressed. I got some Directors Guild nominations as well. Uh, I hope more people recently. See, and so I hope more people see Dana Mora. She's yeah. incredible in this. Yeah, she is I incredible just don't think in people that. People are watching that series. I think it's still. I wish that show new, was right. I mean, yeah. it's only just yeah. came out. Yeah. It, it it's about four episodes too long, um, yeah. but she is excellent. She's excellent, and you know, I wish that it were better. The show itself, the performances are really good, and as she said, uh, Benicio del Toro's choices are truly something to behold uh but it is the show itself like is a, i i think it might get a bit of an uptick but it's not something that's going to uh you know it's a one season thing but yeah. yeah i do i do it was nice to see the americans as you pointed out uh get get its send off even if carrie russell didn't get her award maybe we'll see a few other of those to kind of wrap things up at the sag awards we'll see if actors like um, Kaminsky method as much as and I do think actually just press. even looking ahead to like next year's Globes I think the TV landscape is going to be quite different because mm-hmm. we've got Game of Thrones coming back and last season of Veep and then we've got like second season of Big Little Lies coming along yeah you had like three different TV shows from and Reese Spoon. can I just say <laughs> Apple yeah. Guys, Apple are entering the space this year, so uh, we could see something. We could see some real good competition coming up in the TV races later in this year for the next cycle, um, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today and in previous awardist episodes to talk about TV and the Globes and everyone else we should be rooting for. We always appreciate your predictions and your campaigning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. That was Kristen Baldwin, our TV critic for EW. On the film side at the Globes, we had some surprises, Um, or maybe fair to say one really big surprise, and then a couple of other sort of sticky situations to talk through how it's going to impact the Oscars, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the Bohemian Rhapsody wins, I mean, it's sort of like, I feel like they might have been like, like not even gone. You know what I mean? Like, like I think it was like Rami Malek was like, oh, maybe we should go. You know, like, I don't Rami think... Rami was going to go. We were talk- yeah. You've been talking about Rami yeah, from the should beginning. We like- should we go? And it was so weird. I was actually at the Sunset Marquee, mm-hmm. and I was having lunch there. And then the all the, the people, people, all the guys from Queen walked past me. And I was like, wait, were those the actors who play Queen? Or was that Queen who just walked past me? Fair. And I actually called the Bohemian Rhapsody publicist. I'm like, can you please tell me who's here right now? Is it Queen? Or is <laughs> it the people who play Queen? I will say, shout out to the casting of Bohemian Rhapsody. If I could give one award to Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, it would be for casting. The guy who played Brian May looked, looked. like possibly Brian May was playing himself. Oh, it was insane. And had been de-aged in some way. <laughs> so, yes, that part was confusing. But I think Rami, like for the HFPA, didn't seem like a total surprise. No. 
Um, actually giving that movie the prize over A Star is Born, it was stunning. I think Rami winning was, uh, I had called that early on because I think he's just such a favorite yeah. and he's so nice as yes. well. Um, but the but for the film winning over A Star is Born, it was like unbelievable. Not something I would have, I definitely didn't call it, wouldn't have expected it no. because it didn't feel like, the HFPA also really love Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Right. And A Star Is Born is. I was like, what luncheon did you guys skip? <laughs> because, like, it was surprising. Somehow, it was like, legitimately that... surprising. We were trying to we were, like we were writing headlines last night. And it was like shocking, surprising, like, like a star stunning, is born, a star upset. Is born and we were like all of these created words for the Golden Globes. Right. It <laughs> is like the ultimate Golden Globes movie. It's very so what strange. happened. Well, on top of that, you know, there is the controversy around who directed Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. And what happened with production. First of all, this is a movie that took forever. Sasha Baron Cohen, who was in the audience, was meant to play Freddie Mercury and, right. you know, dropped out because of creative differences. Brian Singer, uh, who directed about 85% of the movie before he bailed. Yeah. Uh, or actually, he got fired, I should say. Um, and so he's credited, but he's certainly not turned up to anything. He was not mentioned. He was I not mean, mentioned. it would have been more awkward had he been there, had he been on stage, had Definitely. he been mentioned, but it was also awkward. Well, it's weird for a film to win and not have a director mention. attached to it, really. <laughs> right. Or at least mentioned. Not even mentioned. Exactly. No. Yeah. Like, it's, how bizarre. It, they also, like, no one talked about AIDS, which I... Well, that's kind of like the movie. Yeah, like the movie, right. but a continued sort of frustration. Like, I thought yeah. Rami's speech was really sweet and a very kind tribute to Freddie, but then to have no mention of that just sort of sustained the, like, weirdness that this movie, that while people enjoyed, obviously Queen's music is great, Rami's performance was solid, continued to just be this question mark of, like, but this movie isn't the real story. Right. Right. It's not really what happened and this is what people have taken away from it. Yeah, I mean, the, the night was just sort of like, the theme of it wasn't, I mean, it was as much about A Star Is Born losing as it was about other things winning, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Because it was like, oh my God, can you believe, like with Glenn Close's win over Lady Gaga, it's like, yeah. wow, if Lady Gaga can't get a Golden Globe, so can she not get an Oscar? Like is now, is this just like Gwen, uh, Glenn's to take? Like, Yeah, yeah. Do I we know, think the like, Bohemian Rhapsody wins, is this just, does this fall in the category of like HFPA? Like we kind of shrug, we don't know. Like here, this is it's always a little weird. Or do I we think, think it, it is a sign of how the rest of award season is going to go? No, I I think it, all this does for Bohemian Rhapsody is give it a bit of an extra boost. It might just mean that I think people are already watching the film though. Like I said, it's already made a ton of money at the yeah. box office. Yeah. It, it's just perhaps going to put it a little bit more in the, the kind of mindset of voters. Yeah. But. I, I also think the controversy, the backlash today that you, you're seeing mm -hmm. with the wins, I think all of that's going to play into this. Definitely. So I don't know. I, I think for me, it was initially a bit of a wild card for the kind of best picture race. Now I'm thinking, okay, it's probably going to get nominated. Um, right. But Whether you it, think a very long shot to win. I just don't think, I don't yeah. see it winning in the best picture race at all. I don't either. And it's just like, when you think about who's voting on this, like yeah. ultimately when they sit down to think about it and you're watching all these movies at the same time, mm -hmm. presumably. Right. And when a you lot have of people, like, like Rami then going up against Christian Bale in that category, it's, like it's, it's really, not going it, to be. It's, it's really hard to like look at a movie like Vice, which you might not love as a film, but like Christian Bale, comparing what Christian Bale did in that film 
to what other people are. Yeah. It's just like when you're in that mindset and you're having to like wage yeah. these things. Here are the five other, to choose from. It's like yeah. I, you, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not. There's no chance of it winning Best Picture. But also, Oscars voters love a transformation. Totally. And uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> You yes. do not know you're watching Christian Bale in that film. It is Dick Cheney essentially it, halfway through. You're like, you more forget. compelling than just Freddie Mercury Steve. Yeah, exactly. Totally. No, it's stunning. And I was like, uh, when I saw the movie, my friend turned to me and goes, I could watch this for five more hours. And I don't even <laughs> think it's good. But it's fascinating. Like, it just was watching fascinating. Him. Like, it really was. And even Amy Adams is also fascinating really to see fascinating. as Lynn Cheney because these people are just so not these people. Mm -hmm. But they're yeah. doing this completely captivating performance. And that's why I was like, when I was watching Amy Adams in Vice, I was like, I'm sorry, Lady Gaga. What you did was a lovely performance. Yes. Playing a version of your career. That's exactly it. She's playing a version of herself. Yeah. And so while that was entertaining, mm -hmm. is it commendable? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Do you think Glenn Close is now the actress to be? I think she was already kind of that yeah. that one to be. She was already a front runner in the category. Mm -hmm. um, I would say her speech yesterday was fantastic and very like a good campaign speech. It was a great campaign speech, and we can't rule out. I don't mean what that. that I don't mean to diminish it. It was a great speech, no, but no, it also but like, I think functions well as a here's did. why you would also feel good about casting a vote for going close. Exactly, it was very poignant, and she has never won an Oscar before. It's crazy, and six to, nominations, six has nominations, never actually never won. won. Right, and, and it to, sounds kind of stupid to say, but like. Oscars do love to reward someone they've never rewarded. Yeah, no, they <laughs> do. Yeah. And to play and so, a character, if if you've seen The Wife, you realize this is a, a very inherently showbiz story behind the scenes. How many wives are sitting in the audience there and having to be that kind of quiet mm -hmm. force behind their their very famous husbands? You know, anyone Whether they're who's, actors or studio executives, anyone. Or directors. Yeah, totally. I think Absolutely. that's why that's the kind of story that probably is resonating with people. And, uh, and that's a film that's probably much less widely seen, right? Much less yes. widely seen. But I yes. think now, you Maybe know, I think for the most part, people who are going to see that movie have seen it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, I don't think, like, mm -hmm. the Bohemian Rhapsody crowd is going to yes. race out to see The Wife. It's not going to have a... Even at sort of like a... I think maybe a slight yeah. uptick, it gets a, It gets a slight boost in terms of viewership, but this m more than anything is more of a, a boost for Glenn in the category. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you I, thought she was out of the race. No. Yeah, it's, it's like we usually say the Golden Globes aren't a great predictor, but I think in this case, just showing things that didn't win mm -hmm. the Globe, it sort of, it just indicates their chances are far less for an Oscar even. Yeah. And specifically in the case of A Star is Born. Like, mm -hmm. yes. I think it just speaks yeah. a lot to that. And I think that was a thing that I was always thinking about Star is Born from the beginning. It's a very lovely film, but it's the fourth remake of a very beloved story. Um, Lady Gaga is wonderful in it, but she is playing a version of herself. And so everyone keeps saying the first half, a lot of people were more drawn to the first half of the movie than mm -hmm. the second half, and mm -hmm. I kind of feel the same. Yeah. And I think now that's kind of coming through when we're seeing movies where you are seeing really um, great cohesive 
performances all the way mm -hmm. through the film, like that's standing out more. So for what me, like this, it could what be. What does this mean for Bradley Cooper, like both as an actor and as a director, right? So we saw Alfonso Cuaron win for Roma. I don't think he has a shot in director. Yeah. No. Okay. I really don't. I, I think he has a, a, a promising career as a director. Definitely. Like, yeah, I but can't I, wait yeah. to see what yeah. he directs next. I like legitimately am excited no, super to see what yeah. to, like, that will do. Imagine what he's going yeah. to do yeah. next. He did a great first directorial debut here, yeah. but uh, I think for Star is Born, a lot of this is going to be like the nomination is reward enough. Yeah. Um, you know, that Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper in the acting categories, Sam Elliott in supporting if, if yeah. he hopefully gets He's in. He's never won one. He's never won one either. He could he be great. What do you one. think about Mahershala Ali and Regina King? Like both won at the Globes. I feel like very solid contenders for Oscars and supporting Very deserved fields. wins. I think Regina especially, because she was left off um, uh, I believe the SAG Awards yeah. left mm -hmm. her off. And so uh, I think that did play into yeah. definitely more of a spotlight, but she was also gorgeous at this movie. And that cheer for her, yes. I must say, like clearly yeah. everyone was excited. She also was exciting to watch. I mean, she. I love her. She's always been one of my favorites. I love Stunning. that film. I love watching a woman on a stage like that convince them to turn the music off. Right? And because it was like, no, she is going to keep talking. She has something important to say. She's she, not, she doesn't even have to ask for it or demand it sort of in the way that happened later. Like, she was just like, no, I'm still talking. Well, and it was also great because she sort of took the baton from um, Frances McDormand. Mm -hmm. Yes. And took it a step further and was like, no, what I'm saying I'm doing from here on out is this is what this I'm thing. doing. This is what's happening in yeah. my career now. And are you going to also make a commitment to hire 50% yeah. women? Like, she was so specific about it. Yeah. She used that. She's so moment. phenomenal. And, like, she's also a director and a producer. And it's just like, Hollywood, like, she's such a gift to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like, and, like, she just needs to be everywhere. And fortunately, everyone is rewarding her. And I do think that her being left off the SAG nominations was such a big shock. Yeah. And uh, and everyone was really complaining about that. So I think she's actually proven why she should be nominated right. at the Oscars. And this could actually, like, I will be stunned if yeah. she doesn't make it into the Oscars category. Oh, she, absolutely. I think she's almost a lock for winning. If you, yeah. if you, this, I mean, the, the other, the I guess the other, Contenders would be the women Probably of the, the favorite. favorite. Yeah. I think Amy. I think Amy Adams for Lynn Cheney though is also That's, fantastic yeah. and like it's such one a good of the, category. Oddly, such a good category and one of the best performances I've ever seen from Amy Adams, who yes. again has never won an Oscar, has been nominated so many times. Um, well, bless her. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, last night I was sort of like, Meryl is to Emily <laughs> as Glenn is to Amy. <laughs> yes. Continue. And I hope Amy. I hope. Amy, <laughs> I hope Amy Adams isn't um, defeated by that notion, but you know what I mean? It's, like, it's not Amy a terrible always, position to be in. Always but. in the conversation, but never takes it there to get the, the Oscar. No, and I actually... I thought, and she's a fantastic actress, and it's the same with Glenn is. Close. It's like Meryl, Meryl, Meryl. And I, don't, and I don't feel like it's any reflection on the performances themselves. No. They're so good. It's like a weird fluke of both timing and... Who else has these films and these other women? Yeah. I think Emily Blunt actually is a, a good comparison to make because she's also never even been nominated right. for an Oscar, which is unbelievable to me. So I I keep sort of champ championing like Emily Blunt in the category. Yeah. I think I hope, I think it's just a matter of time before like she just becomes Something. the Meryl who's like always got the project that's the big award winner. Yeah. yeah. And I think unfortunately that is a function of age. Like Hollywood doesn't write projects for women in their twenties with enough heft. Mm -hmm. Right.
I mean, yeah. it's changing, but I think that's because look, I mean, Meryl got one early, and then she didn't get one for a really long time. Yeah, I, I guess think. it's tricky because, like, you know, then we did have Emma Stone and Brie Larson right. winning sort of consecutively. True. So it's, I guess, it's this tricky like period of like Emily's what like mid thirties now, right. and it's this tricky period of her navigating her career totally. into the Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Because it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, and it's Ill. sort of like with um, Kate Hudson went for Almost Famous. So it's like, you've got like, your if mm -hmm. you, you can get one in, in like your early 20s. You're like the ingenue and then, yeah, or else And then you're, you're 40. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, so, Maybe. I don't so know. hopefully Maybe. there's something there for both Amy and Emily. I think yeah. Amy Adams was kind of bummed because she was wonderful in Sharp Objects as well. And I right. thought maybe yes. the two things would boost each other in the same way that I thought A Quiet Place would boost Emily's chances yeah. for Mary Poppins. But, um, you know, I, I don't think any of those wins were undeserved. Uh, Emma Herschel, obviously, we yes. talked about him a lot. He's great. He's fantastic. He's great. Let's talk about Green Book, right? Because that was the other sort of weird, intense moment of the night, right? Yes. So you have, it won three Globes, which was the most of any film yep. for Mahershala Ali for supporting actor, for screenplay, and then for best picture comedy or musical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yet I feel like there was a lot of conversation particularly online mm -hmm. and from people, I think there, you know, there's, this is a film that has had some controversy as it has kind of gone through award season, but then I'm not sure it did itself many favors last night, which was the kind of like weird thing. I thought that Peter Farrelly's speech was felt pretty strident and defensive and kind of like the longer mm -hmm. it went on yeah. and it went on and on, the more people were sort of like, are you yelling at me to not be racist at, when we all have some questions about your movie and some of the choices about who is the center of it and how this is all playing out. But that was the sort of sense in the newsroom here as we were talking things through. But what did you guys think? I think it's interesting because all I was just thinking about was like how much this, you know, quote unquote, quote, quote controversy sits with people who are voting for Oscars. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think the, the first wave of controversy when he unfortunately used an epithet in a Q&A, I think that actually did, did not affect people who were voting. Mm -hmm. I think people who were voting saw what happened there yep. and th saw that it was an unfortunate thing that he did. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anyone was dinging Viggo Mortensen for that right. from the voting standpoint. It was, and, think, they, and they addressed it. And they, like, addressed they talked it. about it right away. Multiple people weighed in on it. I think I would agree. I think it was like, yeah, that was not great, dude. But right. thank you for talking this through. But that's the part that seems to be a little missing right now is that now no one wants to really have the harder conversation. The, yeah, and I think, unfortunately, <laughs> the thing that they didn't anticipate being a problem is just is a really big problem. And clearly they didn't think about it at any stage, like not consulting Don Shirley's family, not just reaching out anyone along the way. Which, like when you were writing way, it, when you're playing the character, how, how is that, yeah, that when, missing that step is something I think voters would have a bigger difficulty mm -hmm. I'm stunned just from a production that, like, that even happened. Like yeah. even the studio taking it right. on, it's like, would you not think when mm -hmm. you're just, even before putting this out to not check with his family? I think, that's going to hurt it significantly. Um, yeah. I think, I, I agree with you. I don't think Peter Farrelly's speech really at the end was um, a great speech. I felt like you don't really want, you know, this older white dude preaching about racism to a room full of people. Um, and I think... And in a tone which he may not have meant to sound as aggressive as I think a lot of people read it. I think like, it just came across... Um, in the room, I, I think in the room, I will say people, were t I think people tuned out. 
um, yeah. a lot of that stuff. Uh, they they weren't paying attention, so I will say it was hard for us mm -hmm. to even hear what he was saying, but it just didn't feel... Like, he asked for the music to be turned down, um, and then he gives a speech, and, and I could see what he was trying to get at, but uh, at the end of the day, you can't really gloss over... Um, the fact that if, if Don Shirley's family are coming out saying that this is just not true, yeah. I think you can't really gloss over that. And that's going to, that is going to keep impacting this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see Green Book going. No. Uh, it's it's interesting about, to watch like, some of the backstage, um, mm -hmm. like in the press room, like uh, Octavia Spencer, who's an EP yeah. on the film, um, kind of joked a little bit about falling on the sword and took a question about the Shirley family objections. Mm -hmm. And her answer was beautiful. I mean, her answer was, I think if if they were willing to give this answer more often and to really like just talk about how, look, we were excited to get to highlight someone who had been left out of storytelling, had been left out of history, who we found really inspirational. Like they still have to answer the question, I think, of how the movie is framed maybe yeah. like if that's true if like why she was so involved with the film was because or other people may have been involved because they were yeah. inspired by don shirley then why is mahershala in supporting actor and like why is that you know sort of how maybe the film developed but part of it oh, well, was I just all, i mean they that... have to kind of talk about it and they don't seem to want to talk about it yeah i mean to me like i was less upset about him being in supporting and i, I think they if you, when they explain it, it's just quite simply that it, makes sense. it actually makes sense if you've yep. seen the film. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. there's just certain scenes that yep. he's not in. And right, Vigo has like 16 minutes of solo time on, or whatever, more yeah. time right. on screen. Right, over. because they did develop it and based the, on and his And the movie was story. written by Nick Vigo's character's son. Yeah. So it is obviously from that perspective. Yeah. All right, lots of questions about Green Book, about Star is Born, about the other leading contenders for the Oscars. Now that we've made it through the Golden Globes, we're excited to look forward to what we're gonna see at the SAG Awards. Um, always a great group of actors. It's much more focused um, kind of ceremony and conversation. So many great performances to honor and to talk about. Um, as well as the other guilds who are gonna be doing their awards. And then we'll be here for the Oscars. Oscar nominations are on the 22nd. We'll have full coverage at EW.com. Before that, we'll be back next week um, here on The Awardist with more coverage leading up to that. Thank you so much to Bill, to Pia, to Kristen for joining us today. This is The Awardist on EW. Please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. And thanks so much for tuning in today.